Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Sorry, I was trying to find a babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) I was on the phone with my parents trying to get the kid picked up. Sure. How old's the baby? Uh, It'll be nine months in like a week. Oh, congrats, man. Yeah, Yeah, thank you. It's it's definitely a life change. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I missed that. What the return of movie theater going? I f- yeah, that, that was the first time I felt it. Where I'm like, fuck, oh, yeah, right? Get, with the pandemic and everything, of course. Yeah, I'm like, well, I mean, dude, we were going to the movies all throughout the pandemic. It's the only thing we do. Yeah, but like the Barbie Oppenheimer thing, I feel like that hasn't happened for 25 years or something. It's a big, yeah, it's a big double. F- I mean, it, it's pretty incredible. It's getting a lot of people to go and go and get into the theater, which I think is great. And um. Yeah, I mean, just the attention on it, the sell, the cross marketing that ha- is happening is fantastic. Yeah, well, did I you participate? I have not seen them yet. No, I mean, I, 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 it's it's on the list, but I have a, I have a, a, a six year old, almost seven year old daughter. So, Bring uh, I, when I go to the movies, if I can go to the movies, I'm seeing that uh, you know, whatever cartoon is out, teen, the teenage kraken movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a real thing. Yeah, <laughs> teenage kraken. Teenage Kraken, yeah. Ruby, was that Ruby, Elemental? Ruby <laughs> I know next to nothing about Elemental, so there oh, might it's, like, well. it's like Rosie the Teenage oh, yeah. Kraken. When you have a nine-month-old, you can watch. You can watch movie. You know, you can. You oh can, yeah. You don't get what's going on with yeah. You have a six-year-old. You have to. <laughs> yeah. They're taking you to the movies, basically. <laughs> For sure, dude. When when our baby was born, we uh we run a film fest that's all in-world camera stuff. Like it's all like Blair Witch, like found footage sure. horror. And we had a movie come from Japan that was about a pop idol turned pro wrestler who was discovering the underground world of S&M. Oh, wow. And uh, it opens up with a uh, female and female pee on the face scene. Uh-huh. And sure. uh, yeah, as you do, I think that was, the fir- <laughs> that was the first movie the boy watched. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't flinch. I, he- <laughs> nothing. Yeah. No- nothing phases him. But yeah, I I feel like we're entering an era where he's not going to be friends with all the skeletons around the house anymore. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I did that. I did that too, and I also edited. I edited like short some short films and stuff with her in my lap a lot of the time. And yeah, no, I she uh, the the whole like bad language thing is is kind of an issue now because she she she'll just say whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh. like, oh no, what have I what have I done? <laughs> when does that start? When do I have to start working? Because every now and then we'll be watching like Miss Rachel, which uh-huh. uh, if you have a kid, you know who the fuck Miss Rachel is. She she runs that shit on YouTube. Okay. And yeah. and then I'll be talking to somebody and I'll just drop casual like F bombs. Yeah. Like, I gotta start watching that. Yeah. I mean, I I I mean I failed. So <laughs> so I would say I don't know. I would say probably pretty early. Their brains are growing fast. Uh but the first time they do it, isn't it very cute and fun? Oh, yeah. And then you're like, ha, ha, and then they're in public and they do it in the grocery store. Yeah, I yeah, heard exactly. that's the worst thing you can do is laugh. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Please look at my existence. <laughs> that's what happened. Yes, this is what happened. Somebody said queef and you laughed. And 36 years later, yeah. this is what you got, babe. So yeah. I don't know. I tighten I would, that shit up now. I would like to think you could fix it with context and be like, you know, you shouldn't say that around people and maybe at home, but I. I Feel yeah, like a two or something. Yeah, you try. You, you like you know. This is you, like you just don't say it outside of the house. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. step one. Like, please just don't say it outside of the house. And then it's like you know, okay, fine, in the car, whatever. Just don't. <laughs> you know, you want to know what my real fear is? Here we go. As far as like little kids communicating and being in public, sure. I've been in multiple situations where I was not the parent, but I was like a close friend, or it's like my cousin or something, and a little kid will just be like. Mommy, he's fat. And like somebody in line and they're just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And they immediately start like lying to the person like you're totally not fat. And it's like, oh, we all know. (laughs) I want to be very clear. It's 100 percent going to happen. Yeah, I know. But it's like (laughs) that. I just want to be somebody who's just like, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. And I don't want to lie to people. That's the thing. Yeah. But you know me. dude. Okay, we had Jehovah. You overcompensate. (laughs) We had Jehovah Witnesses show up. When I was about to uh, oh, here we go. to do a number uh-huh. two in the bathroom, which is directly across from our front door. Sure. Okay. And I thought it was a like a dorky friend of ours or something. So I got up and I was about to yell at them. And it was two very well-dressed little girls. And they're like, oh, we're here. To, we're Jehovah's Witness. And I was like, oh, God. Te- right now is a terrible time. 
Yeah. But if you're in the neighborhood again, feel free to come back. <laughs> and I'll make t- oh, and I was no. like, what am I doing? Just send no. them on their way. Yeah, you gotta just cut that off right yeah. there. You yeah. can't do it. It's I not felt bad. You can't do it though. It's yeah. not in your bones. I know, yeah. I can't. We just have we have the devil in this house. <laughs> a, no, no, literally behind me. Literally behind me. We uh, our buddy made a uh, she made a fake corpse of a raccoon. Oh yeah, and for a movie. So uh, the director sent it to me, and I put it in a shadow box, and it's just against the wall. And then I was moving candles. It's the around. first thing you see <laughs> when me. you open this door and we to have, this house. We have a bunch of candles because <laughs> I thought they looked like they would be perfect for a pentagram. And yeah. uh, they ended up getting moved in front of it. And Clark made an, a, a comment about what the fuck is this, a shrine? And I went, you know, it kind of does look like a shrine. It's so a I, shrine. So I leaned into it. So I, I, had, a, I, had, a, <laughs> I had a drag shirt on. Mm-hmm. I was in shorts. I disheveled looking. And behind me was a altar to a dead animal. And I was like, hey, we can reschedule. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to come back and try. Maybe that's great. Maybe that's perfect then. Yeah, come on, come on back. Yeah, hey, <laughs> something was off because they haven't come back. And yeah. every, every, <laughs> well, yeah. everybody told me if you invite them back, they're going to show up. Now, yeah, until I mean, you answer the door. I, I know, right? With your raccoon demon. It's the meanest thing they could do is not come back. Because yeah. now I really feel self-conscious. That's how they hurt you. <laughs> That's funny. Anyway, uh, enough about me. Dave, welcome <laughs> to the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> Normally, this is what gets cut out. But when I when I got in the room late and I saw Randy was talking, I'm like, there's no way they're recording. Uh, Randy, probably, Randy probably dipped out the minute he hit record. This is true. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There we go. I'm, I apologize. So Dane, it's uh, it's great to have you here. And um, here's here's how I'll start this. Um, we we talk about horror movies on this show. We like sure. horror movies. We talk about a lot of things. We've talked to a lot of different types of people. One thing that I, I struggle with, I would say, there's two main genres that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. One of which is the fantasy genre. Sure. I don't like it. That's more Russell's character. struggle. You don't even give it a shot. I, what are you uh, talking about? I said I have no. sat through several fantasy w- pictures. Name two. Wait, with me? Yes. What's the Bava one with all the fog? That conquest. Conquest. Okay, you're at an Alamo marathon. That does not count. That counts. <laughs> it was two hours of pythons and fog. It was a fantastic. Oh, film. I think I know that. I know that film. I can't remember. If also, it's it. Fulci. Yeah, it's it's not one, right? Bava. Oh, okay, it's Fulci. Yeah. Okay. Thank you so much. That shows you how much I give a <laughs> shit. Um, and, and you know, fantasy and then science fiction. Right. I I do struggle with science fiction. Especially when we're when we're hopping around with timelines, I li- I just like to take in movies and not have to do homework and math while I do that. Day. That's that's what I, I you know I don't want to do homework while I'm trying to enjoy a motion picture. So and you know we get screeners a lot. Just never uh, any kind of sci-fi. Never really. <sighs> he yeah. loves pie. He's lying. Okay, that's not true. <laughs> I, you know what I do like? I mean, I like. There has to be a there has to be a horror element, I think, in there. Okay. And there has to be an action element. Or oh, action. Shit. He yeah. loves Mission Impossible and the villain was an AI. That's not science fiction. Mm. Mission Impossible is not science fiction. It's reality. <laughs> Brother, it's here. Yeah. <laughs> um no, like, like all right, like Event Horizon. That's great. I oh, love Event I Horizon. Love Horizon. Yeah. 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 But it's it's a horror movie. You were raised on the sure. Bible. That's why you like that movie. <laughs> Also that. <laughs> a lot of demons. Try again. Demon orgy. I mean, come on. Yeah. Having a good time. How do you feel about the Matrix? I don't, I don't, I could not care less about the Matrix. Yeah. I don't care about the Matrix. I don't care about Mordor and the, your little rings. I don't care about that. Blade Runner? I've never had a huge connection to fantasy. It's never, never really spoken to me either. But I love sci-fi. And I love horror movies. And see, and that's what I'm getting to yeah. is is that you know we we get sent, we get sent screeners all the time, Dane, and and you know it's sort of the filter of how we you know get to this point in the show. We watch it, and if we like the movie, we talk to the person. And <laughs> congratulations, you passed that first test. Because I'm, I'll I'm I'll, I'll say that um, I just had so much fun with your movie because it kept surprising me. Uh, and that's um, and as a uh, as a baby faced jaded thirty five year old man wait wait thirty six I don't know one of those 
that's an accomplishment. So kudos to you for, for to to be able to break through my jaded, chubby little heart to get in there oh, and uh, and and make a difference. Uh, yeah, I had a great time with the movie. Um, I do want to, you know, we should tread lightly in certain areas because you know not a lot of you know where are you with the movie? Are we still in the festival circuit or? Um, we're going to be actually we're going to be released on August twenty second. DVD oh, look and at that. VOD. You can pre-order the DVD now on uh, Kino Lorber. Uh, we're being released through Ooh. Cinephobia releasing. Um, and uh, yeah, we're going to, we're going to be out. We do have a festival coming up at Popcorn Frights down in Florida. Uh, but oh. then we're, we're doing the big, the big release. They got the, do you hear that Russell? They got Kino. I know I'm looking it up right now. Then we used to have a, um, a feature, a uh, uh, segment on this show. Uh, called Kino Therapy. Oh, really? <laughs> Anytime we would talk about a movie uh, produced by Kino Larber. Well, we're not distributed directly from Kino. We're distributed from Cino, uh, Cinephobia releasing, but they have a connection to Kino. So let me tell you something right now. You would pass. You would pass for the segment. Wait, for, no okay. You would <laughs> for Kino Therapy. You're on. Yeah. You're on board. Excellent. Easy peasy. But yeah, no, it was great because um, you know my thing was. I, I while watching your film, I was I was like, all right, I think we're gonna get to horror. Where where we're poking around with it, and then when we get there, we're there, and yeah. I'm very happy. But it, it's one of those things to where I I just um, I appreciated uh, how you just sort of guided us through that, and it was you know very much like peeling layers of the onion. Um, and it, I just felt you didn't feel it was layered. Here's the thing. You didn't think it was horror because you've been single too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's totally, you know, it's interesting. We haven't talked about I mean, it. I'm in the aesthetic. I wanted blood. That It's an existential horror from the opening of the movie. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> sure, but I, that yeah. doesn't mean oh, we're gonna gosh, going to see it. I mean, I wanted to come in here and ask him who hurt you. Yeah. <laughs> like, where's this coming? <laughs> but the, you know, the other thing to bring it back to like genre, because I know we're we're playing with that and trying to peg this one. Fantasy and sci-fi almost stand uh, from like the inception of the movie, like what the genre offers. They're complete opposite. Where fantasy is all built on like a lot of it's on Tolkien, so sure. we're all just like making variations of the shit that he's already established. Sure, right. Yeah. So. What sci-fi, what a good sci-fi movie offers is a new idea that we're exploring. And I think that's why this one worked. Like, I remember being two thirds into this movie and uh, I was watching it with Oksana and I'm like, I don't know how we're going to end. Like, yeah. and I just had no idea. And I, now I'm not the type of person who sits there and tries to like guess the Shyamalan twist, <laughs> but I just had like, you know, the idea even though it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're reinventing the wheel in any way, but I could not predict what was going to happen. And I think th that's why me and Clark got excited about your film. But yeah, I think, you know, it's funny. I mean, there was a lot of, I had, I, I mean, the way the, the, the idea came about is I'd actually done a short film called the pond, which yeah. essentially is the, the plot of the, of the movie condensed and, and it was almost just like an experiment to see if I could, if it would work as a film fundamentally as a film, can I get it? Can I get us to go around this pond and, and, and see what would happen and make it entertaining and everything. Um, but I always wanted it to be a couple because um, you know, there's something just about the, the idea of going around in circles about going in cycles and loops. And I was going to, and, and I, felt that that would be some kind of metaphor for something. I just didn't know what at the time. Um, and, uh, and as it was, and as I was writing it later on, it just really started clicking. Like you could get it, you know, that, that this, for this relation, it is, you know, I wanted to make a horror story about relationships and the time loop element in it, or the sci-fi elements uh, are always just fascinating to me because even though we, um, even though we have no, even though it's a physical impossibility to actually be stuck in time or stuck in a time loop, I feel like we all know what that feels like. And so, especially if you've been in a long-term relationship and you're kind of, and especially coming out of the pandemic where you're kind of doing the same thing every day for a long period of time. So I just kind of threw all of that in there. Uh, and I'm glad it kind of resonated <laughs> with you. Yeah. You know, um, the only problem I'm going to have is I'm going to have to follow your lead. 
Because I have a bunch of questions related oh, to yeah, things yeah, that no, I no, don't no, know if we want to. I don't want to get. I don't want to give the ending away. Yeah, no, that that's important. But the idea that there's multiple versions of them. And okay, around, that's all fine to talk about. I mean, Can we talk about them turning into vampires? Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, no. and, they, and it is also vampires. Okay, well, so one is that is the pond available? The short film, or do you have that like locked up? Um, no, you. It's actually it's out in there. jail. <laughs> it's um it's gonna be on the dvd as an extra right and, yeah. uh, which i think is great probably gonna be great to watch it there and then it's also uh you can you can look it up it's out there um so did the pond only have one actor in it the pond just had me it was super oh, low budget damn. we were just i had me and my uh, a friend of, uh, of mine went out uh it was a different location than the feature but yeah it was just similar thing guys guys go out on a uh, on a walk uh, and then just kind of get stuck in this loop. You say a similar thing, yeah. but you know, the whole, like what I was trying to get to with the sci-fi thing is if you have a good premise and an idea that people want to explore, you know, you'll hook people even sure. with like a very small, like film in scale. Mm-hmm. And I think if you have two buddies trapped, it's such a different thing than well, two mean, people in a that, turbulent relationship. That's absolutely right. Yeah. 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 No, I, 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 that's what I meant. Like the the short was kind of just an experiment to see if I, as a filmmaker, I could make it entertaining. It's one location. It's yeah. literally going around in circles. How the, the technicality of having the audience know that they're going around in circles. So having these kind of like, um, uh, you know, markers, like the sign, the trash can, it was, it, it was just a, 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 could it work? And then in my head, it was like, man, what, this would be really interesting if it was this couple, this kind of fuddy-duddy couple that are, you know, right on the verge of getting a divorce. And like right when they're about to get a divorce or break up, just be like, no, now you're stuck together and you're trapped. Well, the beautiful thing is they don't know they're on the verge until they're out there. So it's a metaphor for a baby. (laughs) That's what I heard. Hey, okay. Now you're trapped. (laughs) So you have a movie with a, what seemed like a big location, you know, honestly, how do you construct like the mise-en-scene of like a lake? Oh, like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Watch your <laughs> goddamn mouth. It's a pond. Well, in the movie, they call it a lake too. Where there's no, a discussion. it's a pond. It's like, it's really more like a small lake. It's also a lake. Yeah. It's a, yeah you know, pond. ponds, ponds get overlooked. And I just, I want to use this as a platform to shout out ponds. Yeah, I would love to shout out ponds. Ponds are great. <laughs> ponds are cool. Yeah. At what dimension does a pond become a lake? You can just eyeball it. There, there, you know, it's, it's so funny. I think it has to do, there is a technical answer for this. And I do remember looking it up and it's not in the movie, but it, it has something to do with just how deep it is, you know, or something like that. Oh. But there is a, funny enough, where we filmed was called Egbert Lake in Rockaway, New Jersey. And then there's right up the road, there was uh, the Green Pond, which is a much bigger body of water than Egbert Lake. So in reality, like, I don't think anybody knows. (laughs) Well, I looked it up and this is very helpful. Here we go. During the summer, if a water body is deep enough to stratify into three distinct layers with one warm layer on top, one cold layer at the bottom, and one layer of rapidly changing temperature in between called a thermocline, then it is a lake. While a a water body with one or two weakly defined layers is a pond. So bullshit. (laughs) (laughs) Like I said, yeah, eyeball. (laughs) You know, this was really the only complaint I had. I wanted to learn this in your movie. Yeah. (laughs) Well, now we know. (laughs) No. Okay. So we're talking about about thermal layers here. (laughs) God damn it. Yeah, and you're talking about it with a Californian. I don't know yeah. anything about weather. There's no, yeah, there's no water. Yeah. You know, I'm from California too. I can say stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. What the hell is snow? I don't know. Um, oh, cocaine. <laughs> That's yeah. when the weather just gives us cocaine. Exactly. Okay, so we're in we're in a lake area, and I, what the fuck was it? Mise en scène. Yeah. Yes. How do you film Pond again? How do you film like an environment like that? which is supposed to be distinctly like in one way kind of magical, but in another non-distinct like. Yeah. I mean, I think that I, I became, it's a hard question because it, it, in, in reality, 
I knew that I was going to need these markers. I knew that I was going to have to take the audience around the pond. And I knew that as a, 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 you were going to need to be familiar with the area. So that's why we kind of like show you the location first, because you needed to kind of see that they're going around in circles. But I mean, the reality is, is that I, when I first saw that location, speaking about snow, um, it was covered in snow. So I just had to guess kind of like where things might be because there, I mean, there was a person out, you know, ice fishing in the fucking thing. And I was like, (laughs) holy shit. So um, as the snow started to melt, I would go out. So it was like an hour and a half drive for me. And I would go out and just kind of circle around and just kind of construct the ideas of the shots. And um, so it was a very organic thing uh, that the, I kind of let the location open up it, itself to me and i just kind of said oh well this would be interesting this definitely needs to be established we need to see this for so there was there was a proper trail around the entire perimeter of the park i had a i had a location in mind which is where i shot the short film and uh that's in westfield new jersey and it's a, a a little pond there that that i actually used to go on jogs around with my uh daughter in a stroller so that i became very familiar with that and um that ended up being way too expensive. So then I, uh, wait a minute, yeah. you were going to do this legitimately. <laughs> I, I just assumed like go gorilla, like in my head, oh, no, 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 this whole thing was like, yeah, no, my, my actors and everybody. I mean, it was a real production. We had complete control over that location. We got it from Rockaway, New Jersey, but the way I found the location was, uh, you know, like, I was like going for hours on Google maps, like any body of water in the, in the, in a kind of radius of like 200 miles or something like that. And I saw that. And uh, one of the key things was that it, it did need to have a trail going all the way around. I didn't want to fake it, you know? So. Yeah. How would that even look? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know, like find some random other trail that's supposed to be the other side of it. So. Yeah. So that was one of the key things that it needed. Uh, needed a trail all the way around. She couldn't be too big because um, I, I knew we were going to be going around it. Uh, I don't know how much we actually ran during the production of this film, but it was it was a lot. We you got your steps in. Yeah, we got our steps in. Dude, and the I'll running film, in I, the beginning. I filmed it too. <laughs> I was the cameraman too, so I filmed it and I had a steady cam. Oh. So every time you see them running, I'm running. and uh, But with a camera. <laughs> how, how long was the shoot? We shot um, 12 out of 16 days. So it was 12 days with some days off. It's a lot of walking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did no, you storyboard like, the film? I love storyboarding. I didn't um, I didn't do a full storyboard with this. What I did was I worked very closely with Max. My, he's the lead actor, and he's also my producing partner. Um, I worked really closely on planning it out and just a very extensive shot list that was down to like, timing of a lens change because we knew we were gonna once we got in the woods it was just gonna be like you know madness and um and so we really planned it out and i had a very big shot list and what i do is on like the side of the script i'd kind of scribble a drawing to kind of get the thing going yeah i don't know if if storyboarding would really answer the question i was i want to ask because the thing is the architecture of your movie seems so complicated from Mm. like an emotional roadmap. Yeah. Like not only, not only does this like there's multiple like crescendos throughout the film, but we're also dealing with multiple of the same person on different timelines, interacting with different people. And the, the thing that I really appreciated was one for an audience, man, I was shocked at how easily I transitioned to other people. Because, you know, when you when you like lose a character and then we pivot protagonist, even though it's the same protagonist, there's always a chance that maybe you'll resent them or something. Oh, I mean, as a as a writer, uh, when I was writing it, I it was it was I mean, I don't want to give away how, how it happens per se. But when I got to this point, what you're talking about, I, um, you know, I, I, there was a part of me that was like, are we really going to try to do this? But the only thing. <laughs> the only, the only way that I felt that it would work because I don't like watching movies where things like that happen, where suddenly you're following other people. The only way I thought that it would work was because they're the same people 
And like, yeah. I've never actually seen that per se. Um, so it was something that was exciting too, to see like how I could play, play with it. And well, then visually weird. how I would film it, you know, and kind of exactly. Everything. Yeah. Cause you got to communicate so much. And the thing, the thing is, it's almost like the audience gets put in that clone dilemma. You know, they always yeah. say, if you were to meet your clone, you'd want to kill them. Sure. Yeah, like, yeah. like that may or may not be true in this movie, but as an audience I member, I felt them. that. Yeah. <laughs> my clone is the only person I oh guarantee God. I know I could kill. <laughs> why? They well, probably why? think that too. I know my weak spots. Oh, oh, like, yeah, you know how to, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, sure. 100%. He's done. That's a wrap. <laughs> Make it worry about that clone anymore, Russ. I'll take care of it. So <laughs> dealing with a, a character that's gone down a different path in life, uh, interacting with themselves, that's also gone down. I don't like how I constructed this question, but like, were you looking at other films to see how they did it? Like, you know, n- not, not really. I was looking at other films to see how they, f- to be inspired and how to film it in terms of cinematography and just how to film it. I was not, the script came about, um, well, I'll just, so when I decided finally, like, I'm okay, I'm going to sit down and write this and I really want to make it. And the drive to actually see a feature film through to the end was very strong. Uh, Max and I had been working on another project uh, that kind of fell through during the pandemic. And it was like, I want to make a feature film. What, what can we get? What can I do? And then I thought back to the, you know, it always been, it'd been on my mind percolating about getting this couple into the pond. So I started writing it and I wrote a first draft fairly quickly. I thought it was funny and I had a thought I had a great time writing it. I give that, (laughs) I give that to Max. Uh, He really responded to it. And then, um, and then it was kind of on and it was like, how can we do this? And he had worked with Dana Berger, uh, the actress that plays Jen. And we met and uh, got along really well. And she really responded to the material and then what I did, and this is not this is not always the case for for films. Um, we it was the pandemic was still on, and so we got on a Zoom call. Uh, I think first like once a week, then twice a week, and I would have them read it, and then I would rewrite it, and then I'd have them read it, and I'd rewrite it, and this was a process that went on for a few for a few months in in essence. Um, and even though the basic plot points were kind of there it really helped distill down a lot of the language, a lot of the emotionality, a lot of the humor were kind of distilled down so we could find these like, you know, beats that really worked uh, with the actors involved. Uh, And so that I think was a really beneficial part of the process that a lot of films obviously don't get to do. It's almost more like theater. You know, um, we talk a lot about found footage on here. And I think, you know, if you're a filmmaker listening to that, take notes because the one thing that will kill a film that's all about trying to capture like like reality TV, essentially, yeah. is yeah. some people are so they just got to script it. And then when they get in front of the camera, it feels fucking scripted. And one of the things yeah. I liked about your film is it didn't. It felt like very. Na- I actually thought you didn't script it. And oh, you got it. Really? Oh, wow. Yeah, I thought you got a couple of good actors and you're like, hey, let's just riff out there and figure it out. They curbed their enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, but uh, hey, you executed that fantastically. And there's so many people who, you know, they want to make like a live stream movie or something. And the dialogue just feels so fucking canned and it will just kneecap that movie immediately. Yeah. I mean, that was that was such a huge part of I mean, Max and Dana already had this kind of chemistry. They had worked together before. And um, and yeah, I wanted the words that I was writing to to feel like it was coming out of them. And so. If they, um, you know, if they wanted to like change a line or figure out how to better say it, then I'd be open for that conversation. And sometimes I'd say no, sometimes I was yes. But it was very important that they they really felt comfortable saying every word uh, uh, from the character's point of view. Uh, and that was a huge part of it. And um, and yeah, I think it, it it's, you do really see it in the film. So uh, with the relationship kind of really reaching a boiling point. Mm-hmm. Was was anything like too far or like because you know you always hear people like when they film a movie and they're like hey slap me for real like fuck it oh. like let's just like no I mean they're fair they're very well trained actors I don't think there was anything that was like too too far I think we you know honestly they had so much fun I mean they had fun I 
was like <laughs> in a panic mode and I was stressed to, you know, like crazy and physically like killing myself every day. And I think in retrospect, it was like a great, it was such a great experience, but like in terms of like, Oh, what were my actors doing? They were having a great time, <laughs> you know? So they, they loved it. it. Dane, don't you think though, that like, you know, having your two leads have a previous relationship and them having chemistry together yeah. how important that was to your film because oh, uh, like you've just got the two man oh, and if oh, you oh. and if your leads don't sing <laughs> not your only ship's that, gonna sink not only that yeah absolutely I, I mean max and i would talk about it it's like who's also willing to come out in the forest with us yeah we're outside the entire time so the more they knew each other were friends were comfortable with each other uh, it just added to the whole experience and made it flow so much better. Cause I, you know, I didn't want to be in the woods. There were so many ticks out there. It was, it, it was <laughs> hot. yeah. I mean, I got Lyme disease. When we were oh, out. Did what? you? Yeah. I missed a tick. Yeah. Oh was, dude. You could, you could do tick checks all the time. I'm fine. I had to, uh, you know, t- go on antibiotics, but yeah. Um, but yeah, like, it was. We were, were having we, a great time walking around. You got like, Lyme. You get Lyme disease. <laughs> um, but yeah, we like. We, it was. It was. It was the. And also, I should add, um, I do love going out in the woods. I love hiking. I love doing all of that stuff. Uh, Max and Dana are born and bred New Yorkers. I mean, they're like shocked when they see a deer out, <laughs> outside. So it, it was just like they need to be really comfortable. And, um, and that really made it go so, so much smoother than I'm, I'm sure it would have been. If, had you know, been the case. I feel like that's communicated in the movie too, though. Yeah. Like, cause they feel like they shouldn't be there. Oh yeah. Like she, like she she's jogging and you get it. And it's like, yeah. okay, she, but she, she didn't feel like the type that would be running like Merced every day. Sure. So yeah. like the fact that they were trapped there, it totally felt like a fish out of water kind of like, I, I like mean, that. I was always th- I always kind of thought of it like if the out of towners suddenly were like thrust into like a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like suddenly it's like yeah, they're totally not supposed to be there. So <sighs> I want to ask something, but I feel like I you know I don't think this is like a spoiler or anything. But there's yeah. definitely a version of your movie where they could have like relied on their uh, TV experience and tried to like just build a lean to. And I don't oh. know if I, like, in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, I hope they don't just try and embrace this now. Oh, like if they, uh, oh, you mean like. Um, uh, like they go like man the versus wild. Like, yeah, like they go there for a while. Well, you know, I hint at that kind of stuff. Yeah. In the sense that, like, the more of them that have been there longer, obviously. Um, I even think we probably, we filmed a lot more. We filmed a lot of stuff that was cut. So we actually, I think, even made something like that like a little wooded, you know, kind of lean to type of thing. But then it ended up just not working in the film. Well, the problem I saw was that in this, uh, in this like sci-fi situation we're in, it seemed to almost be devoid of life. Like, was, was that like a choice? Like, I can't remember. You mean wildlife? Yeah. Like wildlife, no, like I, birds. I or... have... <laughs> the fucking ducks. Um, <laughs> so, so we, yeah, like ideally, <laughs> that's how i'm gonna start this story <laughs> ideally um i i thought that once it had entered this kind of time warp thing yeah like you don't have wildlife running around of course you're out in the woods and so all there is is wildlife i uh my sound engineer probably went insane just removing uh, uh you know bird sounds there's still some in there but they're not as noticeable uh, cause I didn't, I wanted that feeling of now suddenly you're in a kind of a weird, yeah, lifeless environment, but it's still the woods. Yeah. Well, because the pond is the epicenter of life, yeah. Yeah. you know, for that area. So like, and especially, and that was the other thing, you know, cause I bet it at nighttime, it even got, you know, even more loud, but like, you know, Dane, you're, 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 your entire movie, right. Is yeah. in the, is in the out of doors. Yes. In the day. So. Yeah. You've got a finite amount of time with the sun each day. Oh yeah, that was the that was the call. Yeah, it was the one that was calling. You know, the sun. So um, how much? Yeah, how how many uh, how many hours of sunlight did you guys have a day? We had a good. I mean, we our days we we didn't stretch too long. It was exhausting. Uh, it, you know, we did a healthy amount of scenes each day, uh, but I don't think we ever went over. 10 hours. It was usually eight hour days because again, yeah, the sun would start to, sh- to change. 
And so you'd have to kind of like, as a photographer, you kind of always are keeping that in mind and, you know, how the, especially if it's like in the forest where the leaves are always kind of casting different shadows and everything's different within an hour or two. So you're always playing with how, how can you solve those problems? Um, but, uh, I remember the, the idea that it is always in, in, uh, the daylight is just a very simple one because I didn't, I didn't want to have the lights They would cost so much more. So I was like, okay, yeah, it's always during the day. It's just daylight yeah. the whole time. And so a majority of the film is just natural light with some reflector boards, or I had a, a one or two little lights here and there, but that's it. You know, the, the wildlife thing came to me when I was watching the movie and <clears throat> I noticed like a fly in a shot, like mm-hmm. it looked like yeah. a big fly. And then, well, here's the thing. Uh, it wasn't in the shot. It was in the room because the, Jeff Goldblum the, the, was in our the- projector. <laughs> God, it's like a lighthouse to all the bugs outside. Oh, yeah. So it came in here and I was like, oh, there is like life. And I'm like, oh, that's in the that's on our fucking projector screen. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it occurs to me now that if you did try to do a night shoot by a pond, Oh, the bugs be- probably would have been fuck. Oh yeah, I mean, by the time it started to the sun started to go down, that's when all that's when all life came out, you know. And you get the mosquitoes. What and- time of year did you shoot this? We shot it in. Uh, um, when did we shoot it? April, May, May. We shot oh, it- there's gonna be crickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be. And, frogs. I mean, it worked out perfectly too because. Um, and this is something I learned doing the short because I shot at the same time, I guess it was May 10th around that time, um, that, uh, New Jersey's, you know, it's kind of like a jungle, the, the very thick garden state. Yeah. Very thick, um, like foresty area. So we shot it just as the leaves had started to appear and grow and it left enough sunlight that to come down in through the canopy. Um, if we had waited probably like three, three or four more weeks, it would just, I would have had to have had lights because it would have just, it was so dark in the woods. Yeah. So Damn. Down. That's fucking, that's nuts. That's right. why I don't think I could ever like make a movie. <laughs> like taking nature <laughs> into account. I would just show up and be like, Oh shit. I didn't think about that. Well, that's yeah. why you were fucked. That's why you're only interested in screen life movies. <laughs> no, shut the hell up. <laughs> I love a daytime purgatory around a pond. <laughs> I mean, that's it's a testament to Max too. He's such a great producer that it, it, it was kind of like, okay, we have three months before the shoot. We're going to plan all of this out. We're going to go out with like little sun tracker apps and see where the sun is and where's it, where's it going to be and all of this. So it was, it was very planned. Our, we had this Bible that was like the entire schedule, the shot list and everything that I would be able to flip through. Um, and what we found is, uh, within the first couple of days that we were actually moving faster. Mm. And so that gave me time to kind of, you know, with these low budget films, you're lucky, you know, the philosophy going into it is like, well, I'll do three or four takes and we got to go to the next, the next one. When I started to see that we were going faster, then it was like, okay, let's make some choices. Let's see if we can do some more takes. Let's play around a little bit. And that also gave us incredible freedom when we were filming it. All right, let's talk about Max a little bit. The power of organization. That's what I, mean. <laughs> I know. Like, so we have the short, uh, the pond evolving into Brightwood uh-huh. a feature, and you step back. You're really like doing everything. And you're yeah. still kind of doing everything here. How how big? How many people did you have on set? I mean, to tell you the truth, it would be five or six people. That's it. It was Max and Dana. We had my uh, uh, my assistant. Uh, director and kind of key grip andrew clark and lester pernala was the sound guy uh, i think there was a couple of days where we had someone else on but um that was it that was it and i was i was pretty much doing all the camera work. okay you look like a real crew though i'm sure yeah. did, did other did other people ever show up like walking down the road or oh oh you mean like normal people yeah normal people oh like the folks in the oh it was it was an everyday thing because we i when we, um, you know, was scouting it, I just, I didn't have, I, again, I had never been to that location during this time period, but yeah, it was the place where everybody's going to walk their dogs. It was the place where suddenly everyone's fishing and I'm setting up a shot and then some fisherman like walks out, you know, walks into scene, uh, into the screen. And then I'd have to figure out like, how am I going to go communicate to this person that they're in my shot? Are they going to care? Um, most of the people were really nice. 
I wanted to kill a few kids. Uh, <laughs> um, they, there was a lot of like ATV or, you know, activity oh, going around really? yeah, on motorcycles and stuff. And so they would always go through at a certain time and I would be running after these kids because they didn't know how. And what would be funny too, is they, they'd have their motorcycles and then like stop and like watch us. And they fundamentally, they just didn't know that like sound was part of filmmaking, you know, like you could like, stop, <laughs> get away from here. <laughs> okay. So you start with this lady walking a dog. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Or like a yeah. couple people out there, there's motorcycles and you got the lost boys showing up. <laughs> yeah. Damn I mean, parade. Before, yeah. I mean, eventually everybody did get a sense of what we were doing because we were out there all the time and they kind of knew. Um, but it for the first like, you know, seven days or something, it was it was kind of hell. We were trying to figure out what to what to do. And it and the pond, Egbert Lake, is in the woods. Uh, and it's in a very like woodsy area. However, not that far from that location, there are like, you know, cab houses and stuff. So every once in a while you'd get someone playing music or, you know, it was, it was, it was all, it, it was every day. That's, that's filmmaking. You're, you're solving problems and figuring out what to do. See, I, you know, in my head, I always think back to um, Tangerine and uh, when they were talking about how they made it with a, an, a phone oh, and yeah. essentially yeah. how they were free of people annoying them. Sure. Cause it's like, Oh dude, recording on his phone. Nobody gives a fuck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Of course. Of but course. like, you know, I imagine you actually had a real camera and it's like a sound guy. I'm like three people out there. If it was just you and a couple actors and I walked into that, I'd be like, what the fuck did I just walk in? Well, he's got a steady cam. As the movie progresses. and (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I mean, as the movie progresses and if you see the film, like, you know, eventually Dana gets covered in blood, you know, and all of this stuff. And I'm and yet it it was one of those things. Like, is she going to poke the forest and some father's going to be there with their kid fishing and be like, what the hell is that? So (laughs) it was one of the reasons why, yeah, we had permission from the local police and government to film there. They knew we were filming there so that when we're screaming, you know, they're like, oh, that was that film if someone if someone called the police or anything like that. So so what was that like? Do you just call 911 and you're like, hey, we want to film a movie? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> Step one. <laughs> no, uh, we went through the um, New Jersey Film Commission. Uh, commission and once I kind of found. Sounds that, ominous. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I found the location. You kind of go through the New Jersey uh, Film Commission. They will get you in contact with whatever uh, uh, government person is in charge with that kind of stuff. And then the town of Rockaway, New Jersey, or the township of Rockaway, New Jersey was very nice. They didn't, I mean, it, they, they just were like, please come make a movie here. So it was, it was super easy and nice. And everybody around the area was nice. Well, okay. I, in my head, I imagined somebody in a finely tailored suit coming up and being like, all right, how much can you pay? Yeah. But <laughs> well, did that you- was Westfield. That's, that was the original town. It was basically like, oh, how much? You, yeah, they wanted like $1,500 a day or something like that. Oh, what yeah. the fuck? It was, it was no, crazy. Gracious. Were they going to uh, offer anything like barricades to keep people off the road or something? Or oh, The original pond that we were going to film at, they said we would have to section off. So whatever day we're shooting, we would have to section it off. It was $1,500 a day. And we could only shoot a total of three days and then have to like apply for another thing. So... Yeah, that that wasn't going to work. Rockaway, New Jersey was basically like, go have fun, (laughs) you know, go. They did. I mean, they didn't charge us anything. So Uh, I got all the permission to shoot there. That's pretty much the best thing you could hope for. Right. Oh yeah. Again, you know, we talked to so many indie filmmakers and if you weren't in America, you probably would have got some money out of them, too. Yeah. They know out of Rockaway. Yeah. Where they're like, oh, yeah. Hey, here, uh, have some money. Make it better. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, (laughs) well yeah i mean it was just it was it it was a second choice location but it ended up being perfect and yeah just all it all worked out it was a great location yeah and you shot everything there everything of them in the actual pond yeah that opening sequence where they're running uh we actually did that that actually is the guerrilla filmmaking because that was westfield new jersey oh we were just out on the street and i had my steady cam um, and we were jogging with them, but that was it. Just those opening shots. And then everything else was in Rockway. Dude, what a stressful opening too. I yeah. can't stop bringing it up. <laughs> I, you know, right when the movie opened with people running, 
I was yeah. like, oh my God, they agreed to this. And how long are they going to run? Because yeah. <laughs> it happens okay. for a minute. Yeah, we ran a lot. I mean, the actors train, the actors train. Max is, you know, I think he's more like a yoga guy. You know, he, he they're not <laughs> runners. You know, it, Dana loves to ride bikes, but I actually like to jog. Um, but uh, uh, how dare yeah, you? Everyone kind of trained like athletes to, to make the movie happen. And we started months in advance because we all knew that we were going to be in the situation where it was like running, running, running. Do you like to jog with, do you like to jog with a steady cam though? <laughs> no, but what I did yeah. was, is, um, cause I'm not a, I'm not someone who's a steady cam operator. You know, I, I this is my first time really doing that. So I, yeah. I bought kind of a off brand one, and I put my camera on it and I would walk or walk jog around my neighborhood. People thought I was crazy because I was practicing. <laughs> he trained. Kind of I love it. Doing it. You know, it's a big thing. It's a big vest on you. And you're kind yeah, of, how much does that weigh? Not too much. I mean, maybe like a few pounds, 10 pounds. I don't know. Oh, okay. It's not like, it's not horrible, but it's awkward because the yeah. weight you have to figure out how to get the weight right with your back and you have to stay straight. And the reason I wanted a steady cam as opposed to like an electric gimbal was you just ultimately have so much more control. I'm controlling the camera with my fingers. Yeah. If I want it to be on Max or Dana, um, you really have that control with the, mind you, the technology is great now, but with an electronic gimbal, it's like, you kind of have a joystick. Mm. So you're like, you kind of, it's a little slower here. I could really kind of move in and hone in on their performances as they were acting. Man, if you ever run around the neighborhood with that on again, you got to <laughs> turn the camera on yourself yeah. and send us the footage. We could use it for the film fest. That's perfect yeah. in-world camera stuff. And, yeah. you know, I got a, I got lost on a tangent. But I want to know, because mm-hmm. you're working with your buddy Max, at what yeah. point does he pitch that he's the other actor in this movie? Oh, you know, it's funny. I, I uh, gave him the script kind of with the idea that he would be in the movie. I knew that, he, you know, I've known Max for years. I've, he, I, we, I like lived in his house 20 years ago as a roommate, you know, I mean, we've, we've known each other a long time. Um, and I knew that I definitely, I was in the pond, but I didn't want to be in it. I wanted to direct it. I wanted to film it. And then I knew that Max would be able to ha- act in it. And then obviously he was by my side producing it the whole time. So he was always kind of the person that was going to play that. And he wasn't offended. You're like, dude, you're made for this role. You get wasted, hit on a 50 year old coworker yeah. of your girlfriend. Yeah. I mean, he loved it. He loved it. I think he was playing me a little bit. So, you know, there's a little bit of Dan and Jen in me, obviously. So <laughs> you're accused of snoring like a gorilla. You're, <laughs> I, yep. I, you're somebody's worst nightmare of yeah. growing old with like, that's why I was like, dude, are my they improv this? The movie, I should say my wife loves the movie. But, <laughs> We've been no, together, what... yeah, we've been together a really long time and it's like, it's one of those things, you, you know, we've almost been together like 18 years. We met pretty young. So it's basically like, it, it was such an, it, it's a fascinating thing to just kind of look back at, at our life and our relationship and kind of see these cycles that happen when you're in a relationship with someone for a long time. Um, and, uh, uh, and just kind of ratchet it all up to an 11, like have fun with it. You know, so I hope that people can kind of see a little bit of their own relationships in it. Uh, It's not so far out into, uh, you know, a realm that isn't isn't happening all the time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I did. I did watch it with my um, significant other. And in the back of my head, I was worried. I was like, man, I hope this doesn't veer into like something that opens up a weird (laughs) conversation that we haven't had. But luckily it didn't. I don't I, think I, no, <laughs> she didn't like, say anything. It, no, it was good. I think that that what that means is I think you're probably in a good, healthy relationship. You know, you're doing, yeah. you're doing good. I think it's a what I've been finding with the reactions to the film is, uh, uh, you know, it kind of is a little bit of a test to see where you might be at in your own headspace about relationships. I had one person come up to me in uh, Austin when we were at Other Worlds, and he was just like, "I want you to know, your movie really disturbed me." really really depressed me and i was like that's okay that's okay to have that reaction and he kind of was felt validated and then and then when we went to another hole in the head and we were during the during the q a some lady was like this is my new favorite romantic comedy you know it's like (laughs) 
Put that person on a list. Yeah. Yeah. God damn it, George. I know you're listening out there. George is one of the programmers at another hole in the head. Yeah. I tell him every year if you've got like the indie darlings, like the interesting, like kind of offbeat, hard to like categorize. I'm like, can you please send them our way? Because what we've we've gone there and introed movies for them. Oh, and, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what it is if he's shy or something. But I'm like, fool, can you fucking tell us? Well, you've met George. You know George. I know, I just, and I love George. I, you know, I think the the movie's kind of finding its audience. I feel I'm so thankful for all the festival programmers that have kind of like taken a chance on it. But I. I think it is kind of hard to place a little bit in my head. It's a sci-fi horror movie about relationships and, and it's zany and crazy and has a lot of dark humor. Um, but I think a lot of people are kind of like, I don't know if that's my horror audience. I don't know if they're going to, you know, if it's going to go that deep. Uh, so, so I'm always just so thankful. And I think people are coming around to it, you know? Yeah. If, um, if anybody listening had attended when we, showed a couple of movies over there. This yeah. does fall in line a lot. Like I was thinking about dead dicks when we were, when I was watching this movie, dead, yeah. which yeah, dead dicks. Um, oh, our buddies, Chris and Lee, they directed it out of Canada and it's oh. a movie. It's a sci-fi horror film about a guy who commits suicide and yeah. then comes back. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah and yeah. it's, it's one of those, like it's a small location, sure. but big ideas. Yeah. And we're just like yeah. playing through it. So, that was definitely in my head while I was watching this. Oh, great. I got to look that up. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Fucking George, dude. I tell him every time too. I'm like, dude, you got some fucking bangers. Like it's fun. I, I have to admit the, the, I mean, I know I have a biased opinion, but the film is fun in the theater. It's fun. It's kind of a thrill ride. The, the 5.1 sound is great. So. so did you come out? Did you like, yeah. Oh yeah. We were out there. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. We dropped the ball. again. <laughs> we were talking about taking earlier. the blame. Yeah. So I'm from L. I'm from LA, but I had a sister that lived in San Francisco. Ooh. So I'd come up. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd come up uh, and uh, and hang out. I love San Francisco. So, yeah, of course but, you did. You fled to the other coast. Yeah, I mean, you weren't <laughs> digging LA that much. Well, you know what? Now next, now that you've you got your first feature under your belt, yeah. you got the the rig. You just need to jog around the neighborhood a little bit, turn yeah. that into a feature, and then come back out and we'll show it at our film fest. Sounds good. Yeah. I, I you know, I'll do, it'll be the, it'll be the found footage version of making this movie. Making Dude. Oh, Werner Herzog style. Oh yeah. 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 Those kids get a little bit too annoying. They end up yeah. with the ducks. Yeah. Nobody's absolutely. ever going to find yeah. <laughs> Tony Soprano style. You start attacking them with Lyme disease. Throw yeah. ticks at them. Exactly. God, I can't believe you got that. So you can recover from Lyme disease. Oh yeah. Um, yes, the PSA ad for Lyme disease is, uh, yeah, what happened was, is I missed a tick, a deer tick, very small. You have to really get, when you're out in the woods, you should really God. check yourself. We all would do like tick checks, like monkeys, you know, and <laughs> I went out and actually was shooting some B roll and I just missed it. And, um, and I saw it the next morning and I was like, fuck. And, uh, you can actually send it out. You can send the actual little tick in a plastic bag to some of these sites online and they'll test it if it has some, the, you know, Lyme disease in it. And it came back the day it came back was the day I developed that little circle rash that you get when you have Lyme disease. Yeah. And so it was like, okay, then I went to the doctor, got, um, I think two weeks worth of, of, uh, uh, antibiotics. And then you just got to, you know, yeah, it, it goes, it, it that should be enough and I should be fine. If down the line, something presents itself, I should probably say, Oh, well I had Lyme disease one time. So. Where in production were you when that happened? Almost like, were the you in the- it was like the yeah. after. Yeah. What were you thinking? Like, of course I'm going to die making this. Movie. <laughs> I was thinking I got to finish this film. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, it's, it's interesting that, that he gets Lyme disease but your your lead actress Dana is the one who swam in that pond. Oh well, I was God. in there with her. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, yes, and that was it. That was an experience all in and of itself because you. It's not that I'm like completely afraid of getting into wa- bodies of water where you can't see the bottom, but it was yeah. a pretty murky, murky situation. And yeah, I, and as a director, I'm like Dana. I'm going to go in for. I'm going to go in first. I have to. And as I'm like stepping into this water, I realize that there's the, there's no really like hard bottom. You're just stepping into plant life. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. And I just had to be like, it's fine. Feels great. So <laughs> <laughs> you're going to love it. And so, uh, yeah, I had a, I had a raft uh, that I could put the camera in and then she went, she, that was a first take. She just went right in and then I got in with her and we did all the water. Uh, it was actually pretty warm. The water was, it became nice, but it was, a uh, uh, yeah, it was pretty nasty as well. <laughs> well, it's warm because there's so much life growing yeah. in there. <laughs> You know, what a what a perfect moment in that movie, too, because with the sci-fi films like this, when it, it's all like just a you just get to think about all the things you could potentially do to get out. It's almost like a diodrama, like saw, like, how, how would I get out of here? Yeah. And there's one rule in your movie that is stated by the sign, which becomes a big character. Yeah. It's just like, don't go in the water. Yeah. And I just remember having like a pretty visceral reaction to that. Because I hate fucking bodies of water, too. I love it. Yeah. Were there, are there fish in there? You said people fish. Oh, like, yeah. I'm sure there's everything everything in there. Yeah. Fish. Because you really did a good job of, like, demonizing that water in that movie. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, there was some shots in there that are pretty pretty nasty. I, I um, yeah, that was all part of it. And, I, and it was important for me to, you know, I just when I was writing it and I got to that point where, it was like, oh yeah, of course she's gonna have to go into the water. It was just so it was so fun. I like knew like, oh, got it. You know, now we can now we can take her there and see what happens. So and then the CGI kraken gets her and yeah. bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> the teenage <laughs> kraken. Yeah, the teenage kraken. Teenage kraken. Yeah. <laughs> Man, well, congratulations, dude. You you made it. And honestly, at this point in 2023, when um I heard it was like a one location, small movie, couple of actors in my head. I'm like, Oh, I don't know. Is there really anything left to like dig up here? Which is a, I admittedly know that was like the wrong reaction. Sure. Because yeah. constantly like you're a film fan. How many times are you shocked by a movie you never saw? And you're like, wait, this has been out here for 30 fucking years. And I didn't know about sure. it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, I mean, ideas are what's going to separate us from AI. So we're going to need more movies like this. Oh, I agree with that 100%. Yeah. And I thank you so much for, for watching and, and uh, you know, and having the, you know, I'm glad that the film kind of spoke to you and that you had the reaction that you're having because um, you never know with these things. And then it, and like I said, it's so great because we, I think it really is trying, it's, it's finding its audience, which is fantastic. There's, you know, we've kind of uh, played in this like arena before, like um, what another evil, What's that called? There's a movie like, mm-hmm. is that the name of the movie? Another evil, another kind with, um, yeah. Or like the Duplass films, like Baghead. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like that's the territory we're in, which yeah. is like something we fucking dig. Like, yeah. it's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm glad to see these. Cause you know, the new trend now, um, which I, I use this term a lot. It's from my favorite podcast, scary thoughts. They, uh, they use this uh, term premium mediocrity. Where it's like oh, you have fantastic equipment because everybody's kind of got access to it now. Sure. Yeah. And but the ideas and like what you're filming is there's n- nothing there. It's completely well, vapid. That, I mean, that's I mean, I'm a, I, I, I do write. I write all the time. And I'm and I and I I think that that's what, <clears throat> you know, it was always the relationship. It was always the story first story first. The, the sci fi horror elements were just kind of secondary. It was, what are these happening with these people? We were going to always think of the emotionality of it before we think of the technical side of it. And that, that's kind of what drove the whole production. Yeah. Now I don't know how I feel about it though. You've been in like an 18 year marriage. I, <laughs> you know, this isn't your territory. I feel like you're picking on people in bad relationships. Now. <laughs> that's funny. That's yeah. <laughs> you losers. <laughs> Yeah, life must suck for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, Dane, the movie uh, August twenty second. Uh, mm-hmm. We've got the release. Um, so, what uh, what's next for you, man? Well, uh, I mean, right now um, things are kind of on hold. You know, I I do stand in solidarity with my my union brothers and sisters with the WGA strike and SAG-AFTRA, um, but I certainly have some projects uh, uh, ready to go when all of this kind of uh, yeah. Uh, you know, comes to conclusion. So that's what kind of what we're all doing now. I know it. What a bummer. I know. Yeah. I I have such mixed emotions about it 
because part of me feels like there's a very small minority of people who really make a full living off of like their career. And there's like a wide breadth of people who are like working another job trying to get in. And I'm like, I don't know. I wouldn't be mad if that waitress went and took an acting gig right now, but I don't know. Like, like, would that make you a scab at that point? I mean, I think it depends. There's a fine. I I think that interesting enough, I think that these kind of things hopefully are a little bit more defined uh, as, as it goes on. I do think that it's a very important fight to have. And I think that, that what is happening, um, you know, it's kind of like a now or never moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that these aren't kind of the studios of old. These are kind of like mega corporations and they're yeah. gonna, we kind of need to say, no, you can't, you can't do this. And if yeah. we don't do it now, um, I think it's just gonna, it's gonna make it so much harder to have any kind of fair compensation as artists down the line. I also think that, you know, as someone that is hundred percent supporting the strike, um, there is kind of this line that just needs to be discussed about truly independent film. True, mm-hmm. what does it mean when I when a film like ours has no connection to the AMPTP um, and those producers and all of that? So, hopefully, things like this will be discussed as as time goes on, and and um, and uh, we'll just have to kind of see what the parameters are and the optics of all of those things. Um, well, you got my support. So if you start making like black market movies, dude, send them to us. <laughs> we'll just redact your name or something. That's funny. All right. <laughs> hey, man. Well, I love you, dude. Thanks for taking the Thank time you. out and talking this about is, your film. It's such a great conversation on a Sunday. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks, Dad. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Overlook Hour. And if you would like to hear more, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your podcatcher of choice is. And while you're there, go ahead and give us a rating and or a review, which is a very easy way for you to support this show uh, that we bring to you every week for years now, free of charge. And as always, you can find us on YouTube at The Overlook Theater, Instagram at The Overlook Theater, Facebook at The Overlook Hour, and Twitter at The Overlook Hour. Last but not least, you can send us your emails and tell us how much you like or dislike the show at overlookhour at gmail.com. And if you're nice, maybe we'll uh, read them on the show. I've been your engineer, Randy Stat. Please join me along with Clark, Russell, and Oksana again next time. Bye.